After the Affair podcast with me, Luke Shillings, is here to help you process, decide, and move forward on purpose following infidelity. Together, we'll explore what's required to rebuild trust not only in yourself, but also with others. Whether you stay or leave, I can help. And no matter what your story, there will be something here for you. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the After the Affair podcast with myself, Luke Shillings. You're listening to episode number 44. This week, I'm talking to Jennifer Yale. She's a life coach and she helps high performers create next level confidence in order to live their lives with fulfillment and freedom. Listen in as we traverse the intense realm of self-questioning, the impact of such betrayal on our identities, particularly as husbands and fathers, and confront the societal expectations attached to masculinity. Jen enlightens us about the dichotomy of physical strength and emotional intelligence and underlines the importance of balance. She also opens up about the negative effects of societal pressure and the void of strong male role models on our younger generations. We then move on to discuss the personal imbalances that successful men often grapple with and the pivotal importance of finding their purpose and a new vision for life after challenging life situations. Jen's insights on emotional vulnerability and the common misconceptions that surround it challenge the belief that self-reflection and emotional connection are signs of weakness. Perhaps there's a different way to look at it, but... Without giving it all away, let's just get straight into the conversation. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so if you could perhaps introduce yourself and just let us know a little bit about you, where you're from, what you do. So my name is Jen. My name is Jen Yale. I, let's see, where am I from? I'm from all over the place because I was a military child. Um, So I grew up, I would say, in a great way. I was cultured. I had good parents. So I, I, my story kind of brought me to becoming a life coach, which is what I love to do. Serving people is the most beautiful thing in the world to me. And it makes me feel fulfilled. And it's something I want to do forever. I did get a psychology degree in college and I never did anything with it. So it's almost like I can now finally use some of the knowledge that I gained in university in my coaching. So so Annie, you said that uh, you'd obviously had a military upbringing. So I've had like kind of the, the flip side to that in some respects. So I live or grew up in a village uh, right next to an RAF base in the UK. And so when I was at uh, what, primary school, I, I, presume, I, forget what, I forget what the different stages of school are in, in the US, but so sort of ages roughly sort of four to 11 that sort yep, of range, totally. that sort of range, yeah, elementary. So that sort of that sort of range. Um, so a lot of my friends at the time were at uh, who who were, were on the base, uh, you know, on the RAF base. And of course, people families got posted, as you know, very regularly. As usually, I think it's usually about every four years here. I don't know what it's, I don't know what it's like there. And it's strange. I had like a, my experience of it was my friends were always being taken away from me. Yeah, and it was that so is so the flip side. Yeah, and it, it was quite a strange thing, and I suppose I kind of got used to it. You know, like you know, it, was, it wasn't that unusual to have some kids joining the school midway through the year or so, some sort of random time, and then you know, a few years later, they they would disappear. 
so I'm always interested to sort of hear the perspective from the the, the traveling yeah. child side and how, how that was for you. I mean, you said it was a really good childhood. Well, it was it was a good childhood. Now there were times where I wasn't appreciative of, for instance, I lived in Germany for almost five years, so we were able to travel all over Europe almost every weekend, and now looking back, I did enjoy it then, but I really, really, really am grateful, grateful for it now, just because it's, it gives you a different um, view of different people, um, different countries, different, most of the, most of the people in the United States don't ever see that. So I'm really grateful. Now it, at the time it did take me away from my friends during the weekend and, you know, and I, was able to go to high school in Pennsylvania, which is on the East Coast. And that was kind of similar to what your experience was. Um, it was a tiny little town in Pennsylvania and, you know, a small town kids who lived there forever. They always had an influx of kids that they became friends with and then they would go away. So I actually saw that from your perspective there. I was one of the lucky ones who got to stay all four years and went to the same high school. So, but I'm, I'm overall greatly appreciative of my childhood and that opportunity. Yeah. I've, I've met lots of people in the, in the States over the last few years, particularly during my own coaching journey and sort of building my business. I've got lots and lots of coach friends and we often have conversations about the, both the similarities and the differences um, from the U S to here in the UK. And one of the common things that comes up ironically based on what you're saying is the difference in culture so in the UK and Europe in general there is a lot of culture and a lot of history whereas by comparison the same probably isn't true as a general over, over generalization of the states and the other interesting thing is I often notice that I know, and I think it's true for many people that I know, I know far more things about the US than the average US citizen, citizen sorry, knows about us or even yeah. Europe or, or, or actually anywhere else in the world. I've always, always found that quite interesting. And yeah, I yeah, just wondered how you, because actually you kind of didn't have that experience in a lot of ways. Right, right. I, I didn't. But, and you're right, like the culture differences and, and being able to experience every single, I mean, you can go from country to country to country and visit many in the same day even. And I think that's absolutely wild. And in fact, I took my two teen daughters to Paris, Milan, and London um, a couple months ago for their first overseas trip. And just because the experience that I had as a kid was so life-changing and something that has made me who I am today, partly. Uh, I want them to experience that too. So I've decided to take many, many, many trips to Europe over the next couple of years, just so they can be exposed to everything. Yes. Uh, and, uh, uh, well, I highly recommend. <laughs> and uh, well, to be fair, you probably high, highly recommend yourself having your own experience. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. For sure. So you, you, you'd said that you know, you're now in your sort of your role as a coach and you're able to use some of the things that you gained from your degree. So suggesting that there was a period of time where this isn't what you've done throughout your your adult life. Uh, what has that looked like and, and how did that then lead into a coaching role for you? Well, I guess I could go into kind of like um, what led me to even start my journey of self-discovery in the first place. Um, I've actually 
um, never did anything with that degree ever. Um, so my, my life kind of started, I call myself a toxic people pleaser. And that looked like absolutely zero boundaries, lack of confidence, extremely insecure, uh, very awkward, very shy. Um, I was never encouraged and it's not my parents' fault. Um, I had one, one parent who was very overly emotional and kind of coddling. And I had one parent who was extremely stern and controlling and strict. So I kind of had the two extremes and nothing in the middle and they were both doing their best job. And I, I don't blame them at all, but I kind of in turn had no encouragement or really know who I was at all. So I think in order to please everybody, because I was always trying to please people, I started a very bad pattern in life of saying yes to every single thing that was suggested to me to please other people and to lessen negative reactions that might have been given in any, any kind of given situation. Starting in high school, my first controlling toxic relationship, all the way my first marriage, I have three kids and they have two different dads. My first marriage was not good. He, and it was my, my fault that I let it in my life. I'm not blaming anybody. You know, everyone is accountable for their own actions. So I'm not trying to put blame on anybody, but myself in this situation. Um, I didn't know better. Um, I didn't know how to follow my boundaries. I didn't know anything about myself, my value, my belief in myself, but you know, it, was full of affairs and sort of the sort of in a way the controlling behavior that my dad had displayed when I was a kid. So eventually it ended and I was smart enough to end it. And we actually have a good relationship now. It's things are fine. We get along for the for the girls. And you know, I had a a few other very toxic relationships until my last relationship, which I left three and a half years ago, it was what led me to my rock bottom. And, you know, I, I, I had long distance dated this person for almost two years and I had every single red flag in the book. Um, I felt very negative feelings anytime he was around not negative towards him, but could, because I wanted it to work out, but negative in the way that something bad is going to happen. Um, and I didn't trust myself. I justified every single red flag I could. Things got progressively worse with uh, controlling and verbal abuse. Kind of the goal was almost to bring me from a level of where I was almost good with myself and becoming confident all the way down to where I literally walked with a black cloud of shame and disappointment and everything negative belief-wise towards myself. And, you know, I, I eventually moved my entire family to another state to live with him, including my parents, which was a huge mistake. And immediately when I moved and got settled, that's when the physical abuse started happening. And it was so sudden and so shocking to me because I'd never experienced anything like that. I didn't know what to do. And so I kind of just dealt with it for a little bit. I would say a lot 
a lot too long of a bit. And um, eventually the verbal abuse started happening to my little boy who has special needs. And at that point, I, I really couldn't justify it anymore. And I decided um, at some point there, there was something that happened. He was actually hit in the head, um, which was kind of my wake up call. It, it was nothing terrible, but the fact that it happened was my wake up call. And the next day I literally ran away in the night with my kids to where my parents, where I had moved my parents about two hours away. And from that next day forward, I committed to um, a new journey for myself. I swore to myself that I would never let this happen to me again. So I, you know, got on the track with um, a therapist, a life coach, a business mentor, um, and then implemented my own tools over the next three, three to three and a half years um, to change my life, discover who I am, my beliefs, my vision, my purpose, and all of these different things got me to a place of pure self-confidence and a desire to be bold and stand up for who I am and not always, you know, embrace the old parts of myself that were the kindness, loving, good intention. You know, I, I, I didn't want to lose that, but to be able to live with a sense of freedom because I know who I am and I know my boundaries and my non-negotiables and then nothing nothing like that will ever be let into my life again, changed me. And so I wanted to then help others discover their deepest self so they can live with a sense of the same freedom, even if they hadn't experienced the same things that I had. We all experience struggles and a lot of us don't know who we are. And we kind of go about life on a day-to-day, -day, you know, go with the flow basis. And to be able to turn that into what is my passion? What is my purpose for being here? And to wake up with that feeling every day because it provides such clarity and direction. That's what I like to do. Well, firstly, I think it's just worth celebrating everything that you just shared because the sometimes for for people who are living in a place that you were living in for some time it is a very lonely place and you can feel trapped and there's no way out and you don't know where to look and you don't know what the right things to do you think everything that you might do is probably going to make the situation worse rather than better and just having you to be able to talk to that from a place of having taken that control and made that intentional decision to to walk away to protect yourself and your family and your children in this case is just it's so empowering and I can't imagine what that must have actually felt like at the time and and yeah, I, I think I think it's just amazing that you've you've been so open and and I just want to say thank you for that. And I, I know that people will will really, really appreciate that that honesty. Thank you. So you said that you've now you're using 
much of your own life experience, much of that sort of like self-discovery, that journey that you sort of kind of found yourself on and using that to help others. Now, you and I, we connected um, on one of the social media platforms and, and I've seen your content for, for some time and it, it's always fantastic. It's always very empowering. And it's one of the reasons that, that I reached, reached out initially. But from, from what I understand, you work predominantly with men. So I yes. just wanted to understand how that came, given you know your own story and the sort of the how that all falls in line. Right. So that's a good question. Um, it's something I do get asked a lot because what gives me the credibility to work with men? Um, I do only work with men. I originally started with the desire to help the old me, the woman who was maybe highly driven as a person, but stuck in bad situations. Um, and she felt like she couldn't get out of them, had no confidence and was basically living in fear. I wanted to help that person, but I had some issues and a lot of the people I wanted to help, the women I wanted to help, they um, were very hesitant to take action because they weren't, they weren't ready. They were still living in fear. And I had an experience with my first male client and I, together, we really changed his life and it was the most beautiful transformation I maybe have seen because it was my first real experience. And, you know, I was able to help him repair relationships with his adult son, his sister, his mother, like having the good, the having better conversations with people to repair years of damage. Um, I was able to help him get complete sense of confidence back in his life through movement, through a mindset change, through all kinds of different um, methods. And um, I just knowing that I knew that I wanted to work with men and to get further into it, that's kind of at the same time I discovered my passion for masculinity, the true, what I call the biblical masculinity. And I realized why I was so passionate about it is because my, especially for me, my girls have never had a true male role model in that biblical masculinity sense. And I think that the lack of a strong man in a child's life is extremely detrimental. And I, if I couldn't go back and change any of my choices and I wouldn't want to because that's who I am today. But at the same time, I think it's extremely important and wish my girls had had that opportunity to have that strong masculine man. I think their lives would be different and they will definitely be lacking something from it that I don't think um, I could give them, you know, um, <clears throat> I try my best. I try my best to give them both. And, but, but that's why I'm so passionate about it because I've seen the effects of a weak man on my family and especially on society in the community. Weak men are very prevalent these days and to kind of bring awareness to that fact is important to me. And so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I was going to say, so talk, talking to that, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about sort of a, a lot of the people that, that listen to the podcast, a lot of the people that I work with, and many of the conversations that I have, um, particularly with men who have 
been betrayed. Um, so they're on, on the other side of the spectrum in this case, where it's not, it's not the guy that's been unfaithful. And the initial place to go is to look internally and start to self-blame and, you know, what could I have done better? How was I, you know, how, what, how did I miss this? You know, I thought everything was fine. You know, I thought I was fulfilling this, this role, this identity as the, the husband, the family man, the father, all of these, these roles. And then of course there's this, this like immediate like impact, the rug's being pulled from under your feet and it's like, Oh, uh, maybe I wasn't doing any of those things. What, what was I doing wrong? So yeah. does, does, does that make these, do they fall into the weak man category or, or what, it, what is it specifically that, you know, from your perspective and the people that you've been working with, what is it that separates the, the weak man, let's say, uh, to the, the strong, secure right. man? So I think weak men, um, I think maybe we all have kind of a different definition of what that would, I don't, from what you're describing in these, you know, stereotypical clients, like I don't, I wouldn't consider them as a weak man because they had the desire to be a good husband and a good father. And it wasn't anything that I assume that they did. Now, a weak man to me is more of the sense of that toxic masculinity type of man that people think of when they hear the word masculine in general these days. So that's the man who is impulsive, who is controlling, who uses intimidation, who is not emotionally vulnerable, who is just a mean guy. Um, that's the weak man that I'm, that I'm thinking of it. They are dangerous in an impulsive way. Uh, whereas a strong man for me is dangerous in a controlling way, kind of, um, in that biblical sense, like you are, you have the capability to protect, defend, and, you know, actually take risks, uh, smart risks for your family. It's very, it's very controlled. Um, you may never see that side of somebody. These men are emotionally vulnerable. Um, I think that's a huge part of being a strong masculine man. And that is something that I get the most negative feedback about. Actually, um, men, a lot of men don't think that they should be emotionally vulnerable. And that's what brings connection and trust and, and, and deeper intimacy on any, in any kind of relationship, whether it's with your children or your friend or your colleagues or your spouse. So I think that's extremely important. And I'm glad, I'm glad you bring that up because I think, again, sort of thinking back to the, the perspective and I completely agree with everything you've said that we can, we can use these, this terminology and we can also be subjective depending on what situations and which type of relationships and what kind of people we're talking about. When you have the guys that are selecting, even if it's through a forced situation, like a, a betrayal in this case, and this sign of maybe they weren't paying attention, maybe they weren't in touch with their own emotions, with their own feelings, they weren't even as self-aware that, and then and then self-reflecting that that in it would have been a weakness, like by again it's very very typical for for the man you know it's, it's you know big boys don't cry you know, man up right. there's all this kind of language that that much of western society has been brought up with over the you know last i don't know how many decades 
it's 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 common it's almost um it, it's something i'd refer to as almost emotional childhood it's stuff that you learn when you're young and then you don't question as you grow up as an adult and then you still apply those same rules and of course as i've said before on the pod- podcast this is not on a, this is not a case of all the guys getting together and going down to the bar and having a good cry that's that's not the objective it's about recognizing that actually our emotions are responsible for everything that we do and yeah even I sometimes get a bit of kickback because it's like, oh, he's always talking about feelings. He's always talking about emotions. It's like, yeah, but they really are the fuel for every single action and behavior that you take as an individual. So yes. if you don't have control of those, then what are you even doing? It's like putting a really poor quality, you know, gas or fuel in your car and then wondering why it's not going very well. It's the same thing. If you don't, if you don't fuel it, it won't perform. And so to think of that emotional connection and that ability to communicate with yourself on that level, to consider yeah. that weakness, it could not be further from the truth. Right. Considering that a weakness is weakness in itself. You, that's, a, that's a very strong trait. And, you know, and like you said, being self-aware, being in tune with yourself and being able to share that with others and being open and willing to accept that part in others as well. I think that that's, that's extremely important and something that men need to do better with. Now, I'm also, also interested in the, cause it's, it, again, it's something that I've, I've learned about myself and I have maybe partially just through my own mentors and the people that I've been surrounded in my life. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but when you talk about this idea of being dangerous, but controlled, right. like I can, I can imagine that, that many people find that almost a contradiction in some way. Right. And, and it's like, well, where's the line? You know, because maybe, maybe the guy wants to display his prowess in some, some way, but, but, how how does he define and walk that line that isn't you know particularly if he's not been taught again coming back to this sort of emotional childhood where you're learning these things from maybe from your parents or from things that you've seen on tv or in movies or even just just decades of societal expectation right it now feels like you can get to you know like say my age in my early 40s and all of a sudden you're hearing this message of Mm -hmm. you know i need to be maybe you know take control of my my power and be in good physical shape and good health and and be intentional and focused and maybe driven and that doesn't always necessarily mean you know successful businessman it can mean lots of different things um but actually just yeah i'd like you to talk to that a little bit in terms of where those lines are drawn and and how you how how from from a female perspective how you would define that yeah so and and you're right you know um i think the media and you know hollywood and society in general has really taught men uh not just to be weak but also to have those uh, outwardly dangerous um behaviors that aren't true They're, they're not what i'm talking about so i think it's important to be able to be physically strong and healthy. Absolutely. Um, and I think you should be able, so I think you should be able to protect and provide and feel a sense of control over your household or, um, the people you care about. 
Um, I think that being able to control that is the key though, you know, keeping that dangerous part of you sheathed and knowing that you have it, I think the, but the self-control is the, is the biggest key. So we all want to be feel protected. And, and, and I think that's men, men should be, men should provide that. Um, men too often let their anger get the best of them. And that is again, going into that sense of thinking they are dangerous, but they're really not because it's coming from a place of insecurity. Um, and a lack the, of control. Yeah. Yes. The impulsivity type of reaction, dangerous reaction. Um, but, but being able to have self-control over um, over those things in arguments in, you know, potential, you know, men who start fights for no reason. That's, that's a good example, whether it's a verbal fight with your spouse or a, a fight with the guy at the bar, being able to control those, re- those emotions. It's really just the emotions that come into play and being aware and, and wanting to be as calm as possible, but the, but also very effective. So I, I think, uh, yeah, that sense of dangerous, it's, it's, it's important, but it gets a, a bad, it, it has a bad definition, I guess. We'll be right back in just a moment. Are you feeling lost and confused after infidelity? Introducing the On Purpose Coaching Program, the path to transforming your pain into empowerment by taking back control. The On Purpose Coaching Program is specifically designed to help you go from feeling paralyzed by betrayal to feeling empowered and secure in your relationships. As someone who has already walked this journey, I understand your struggles and provide a customized coaching experience tailored to your unique situation. Don't let betrayal define you. Take control of your life and regain your confidence. Visit lifecoachluke.com today to learn more about the transformative on-purpose coaching program. Plus, you can book a Let's Talk discovery call to explore how I can support you personally. And don't forget to subscribe to receive the latest relationship tips and tricks in your email box once a week. Take the first step towards a stronger, more empowered you. Visit lifecoachluke.com today and unlock your true potential. And let's get back to the show. So again, and you use use the words of sort of like protect and provide and that in some respects does take us back to maybe a more um i'm not sure the appropriate word for it but like a more stereotypical imagined perception of what you know a, a two-person relationship a heterosexual relationship should or could look like let's say so is that saying that the 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 man is taking up more of a role or how where does that where does the female partner come into this and what where's the balance and how 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 is that how so striped yeah so for me i think um and what my number one trait of biblical masculinity would be leadership and i think you know i i don't think that the man should be in control of everything by any means i think the woman should be very independent and um driven herself. I definitely am. But at the same time, I think that the man should be, you know, I'm a very traditional person. So traditionally speaking, I think the man should be the leader of the household and the leader would be the person who guides, who teaches, who is the role model for the children and, and, and kind of encourages the children to be their best self, encourages his spouse to be her best self, like wants her to go out and win, you know, every day, 
with whatever she's doing. So it's that leadership role. I think that it, that should be the, the male's job. So, so that, yeah, so really a case of like, it's, it's where both partners are working to the common goal and, and yeah. sort of they, they're, they're using that combined, their combined strengths, if you like, which are yeah. different to each other. Yes. To, to, to get for the, for the greater good in some respects of the relationship as a whole or for them, even for them as an individual. I, yes. I, I saw something the other day. I think it was uh, Brené Brown. Um, I just seen some clip on the, on social media. I forget exactly. And she was talking about this idea that with her and her husband, you know, if, if she, if she comes, if she comes in, he, and he's like, I'm, I'm a, I'm at a 20. I'm just in like an emotion in terms of like his emotional state his his energy levels, you know, whatever that looks like exactly. And so it's like, I'm at a 20 and, and she's like, well, look, I've got you. I've got mm-hmm. you. I'll, I'll, I'll make up the 80, the missing 80. Yeah. So combined as a unit, we're combined. Yeah. And that's okay. And then other days it flips the other way. And, you know, she comes in, she's a bit low and he he takes up the slack, so to speak. And they're working together as this unit. But then what she then went on to say, which was interesting, was some days, of course, we're both low on energy, you know, or, or effort or motivation or whatever it may be around that specific thing. And you know, maybe one of them's at a 10 and the other one's at a 30, let's say. Yeah. When that happens and their combined total doesn't equal the 100 that they're aiming for, this 100% they're aiming for, that's when they collectively get together and talk that stuff through to figure out a combined action plan to move things forward, regardless of the individual situation. I thought it was such a great way of working together as a team without having to sort of like try and comply to some kind of idealistic 50-50. Yeah. Yes. I love that a lot. I think that's definitely the way it should be. And again, that goes back to being, let's say, emotionally vulnerable. Um, I think a lot of the time a problem in marriages is that one person is not communicating like that. Um, and, and, and saying what well, maybe it would be even hard for someone to say, Hey, I'm at a 20 today. Can you help me out? You know, even saying that is great acknowledgement. And, and I think is extremely important for a marriage. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, even more so for, for, let's say the stereotypical guy, you know, yeah. they don't want to admit that they're just struggling. And they're finding yeah. it hard and they haven't got that support. And the last thing they want to do as the provider and the protector, and then this the self-expectation that they're giving themselves to fulfill that role. It's like, well, I can't be shown to be weak. I can't be shown to be vulnerable. But actually, what we're saying, me and Jen yeah. are saying here is actually, actually, you know, by displaying that and just <laughs> excuse me, discussing that and working together, actually, that is the strength. And that yes. is what will move you forward. Absolutely. That's what creates that sense of trust and communication and openness and, and willing to work through things together like a team. So when you come to work with the guys that you're working with, where, where do you start? Are people coming to you at, at similar places? Is it business focused? Is it personal focused? What, what, what's it? Yeah. Like? So most of the men who come to me for help are excelling in their business for the most part. Uh, I've had a few that I've, that I've helped um, go different ways with maybe some side hustles and creating some more of a purposeful uh, personal brand. But for the most part, they're excelling in their careers, but they are very imbalanced in their personal life. So maybe their marriage is rocky. Maybe they don't have a marriage anymore. Um, 
spiritually, they're in, they're imbalanced, um, physically, mentally, emotionally, um, financially, like all of the different, like maybe they have no idea why they're here. They have no idea what their legacy will be, um, at the end of their life. And that's, I think really important. So I kind of help, um, create a new vision for their life in all those different areas, even things as simple as hobbies. These are just things we forget about. And, and as we change from, you know, let's say twenties to forties, we really, have to reevaluate who we are because the degree to which we change in that time period is so massive. But, and I think that contributes to the, to the concept of like the midlife crisis. And I think that that's what it is, is we, you know, get to a certain spot and we have no idea where, where, who we are in our life, where we seem unhappy, but we have an okay life. So we don't know why we're unhappy and it's because we don't know who we are. So I think helping helping men figure this out and redefine their beliefs, their, their um, ideas and vision for what they want exactly in their life, uh, very clearly create a new purpose and be able to tailor uh, daily action steps to kind of achieve all of that is, is what I like to do most. So what's the tipping point? Is it is it burnout? Is it they've been focusing so much on the business and paying so little attention to their personal life and then they realize that their business isn't creating all the things that is required in their personal life? Yeah, so I, I get a lot of burnout. And then the other thing that I that I hear a lot is, you know, I just they I I just feel like I don't know who I am. I I'm not living for anything. I feel kind of numb. So that's where I feel like I can really help the most. And I love, I love to watch people figure out who they are again, because being able to live with clarity makes your decision-making easy and simple. It makes overthinking less of a possibility because you have a path, you're aligned with it. You know who you are, you know how to stay on the path and you then, you know, have a sense of confidence and, um, because you know exactly where you want to go. So boundaries are easy. Everything is everything is so simple when you know where you are going. Brilliant. Well, I, I know that I'm inspired every time I hear you speak and I can relate as well. And I certainly there's been plenty of people that, that I've worked with uh, who I've helped through similar things, but I could also see how the, there's sort of some of the things in your approach which would be, be really beneficial. So how do people connect with you? How do they learn about you and find out all the things? Yeah. So, um, I have an Instagram and a LinkedIn, um, under Jennifer Yale, that's J E H L. And my Instagram is Jen dot Yale. Um, that's where I do most of my posting and you can read about me and connect with me there. Perfect. I shall, uh, pop those in the show notes in the, in the podcast and the apps as well. So everybody can find that afterwards. So thank you ever so much. Thank you so much for having me. I want to take a moment to reflect on the insightful conversation that we just had. Jen's work with men who have experienced upheaval in their relationships sheds light on the unique challenges that they face. When I think about those who have been betrayed, often finding themselves questioning their roles as husbands, wives, mothers and fathers, they all grapple with feelings of shock, uncertainty and often self-blame. I like the way that Jen explored the concept of strength and weaknesses in men particularly 
and the challenges societal norms and Hollywood portrayals promote, such as dangerous behaviours being a sign of masculinity. The truth is, true strength lies in self-control, emotional awareness and vulnerability. It's considered crucial for men to be physically strong and healthy in essence, but equally important to cultivate emotional intelligence and self-reflection. By doing so, they can navigate conflicts with calmness and effectiveness and maintain deeper connections in their relationships. What struck me most about Jen's work is her passion for helping men redefine their beliefs, discover their purpose and create intentional actions to achieve their new vision. Remember, supporting each other within our relationships emotionally is crucial and it's not always about a perfect 50-50 division. Instead, it's about working together as a team, especially during those challenging moments when both partners are feeling low. I'm truly grateful to have had Jen on the podcast today and for sharing her expertise and shedding light on the struggles that men face after experiencing betrayal from a female perspective. I encourage you as the listeners to continue the conversation. Reach out to me and offer me your thoughts, questions or even suggestions for future podcast episodes. Remember, no topic is off limits for after the affair. Thank you again for joining me today and I really look forward to having you back again next time. So until then, take care.